Hey there, and welcome back to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy, and I'm so glad you are tuning in today. In today's episode, we are talking about how you can support your kid in discovering their passions and then how we might be able to apply that to school. How many of you are in a stage with your kids where you have heard, mom, why do I have to go to school or the homework struggles? We are definitely at that stage and whether you're at that stage yourself or you know it's coming because you remember being a kid and having those same questions, I'm so glad you're tuning in today. Personally, I remember really wondering why I was going to need to know the math that I was learning and at times questioning why I had to take science or literature and never really feeling like I had a clear sense of what my passion was, let alone connect that passion to the education I was getting. And then once I hit college, It was tricky for me to figure out what I wanted my major to be because up until that point, for me at least, it was really about just getting the grade. You know, it wasn't about the process of learning, it was about the end result, getting a certain grade, a certain GPA. And then when I was given this option and this choice to pick a major that was what felt like was going to be the path to my future career. I was stumped and it took me a while to land where I eventually did. I, it took me a while to really discover my own passions outside of what I thought others might think I was passionate about or should be passionate about. To help us out, I invited Audrey Wish onto the podcast. Audrey is the founder and CEO of Curious Cardinals, a peer mentorship tutoring company rooted in passion-based learning to support kids in nurturing their interests and ambitions while also getting their homework done. And together, we explored steps we can take to support our kids in discovering their passions and how to connect traditional school learning with their real-world passions. Audrey has spoken on CNN, in Forbes, and on the Today Show to share her vision to create a community of lifelong learners and doers, and now she's speaking to all of you. She was recognized in the 2022 Forbes 30 Under 30 Education and Youngest category, and I'm so excited for you to get to meet her. All right, are you ready? Let's learn how to support our kids in discovering their passions. You're listening to Holding Space Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Cassidy Freitas. I'm a mom to three and licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm really glad that you took the time to hold space for you by tuning in to today's episode. My hope with this podcast is to share conversations with experts from around the world and parents who've been through it so that maybe you feel a little less alone in your experiences and the messy side of being a parent and being a human and so that you can walk away with supportive steps for what to do next. Listening to this episode is not a substitute for seeking support from a professional in your area. I believe that holding space and offering presence to both ourselves and others is truly one of the most meaningful ways that we can express care. And you are so deserving of that care. All right, are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, Audrey. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited to 
I get to be in conversation with you today about supporting our kids in finding their passions. It's been really, really fun to get to know you and your company that has actually really helped and helpful with for my kids to discover their passions. And so before we dive into the topic, maybe you can share a little bit about yourself to the listener so they can get to know you and your context and your background too. Absolutely. And thank you for having me on. Thanks for trying Curious Cardinals out for your two lovely kids. <laughs> um, that's been so special. Um, so a little bit about me. I am from New York City. I'm currently based in San Francisco, California. I was a history major at Stanford, and I thought I was pre-law with my 10-year life plan set and aspirations to be the next Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And then Stanford sent us home due to the pandemic. And my founding story um, all happened very organically. I was, as I said, I was sent home from Stanford, thought I had my 10-year life plan set, and then started tutoring kids and working with them, observed how disengaged and uninspired they were with what they were learning in school and how they were absorbing and regurgitating what they were reading in a textbook, but they didn't know why they were learning what they were learning. So that inspired me to apply what they were learning in school to my own passions, the world around them in hopes of making their learning feel like it actually mattered. Um, one of them asked for math help. I wasn't as passionate about math. I'm a super connector. Um, so that's where Alec, my eventual co-founder, came into the picture. Alec was an aerospace engineer at Stanford, and he started applying what they were learning in math to how airplanes fly. And um, that's kind of what led me to where I am today. Now we're three and a half years into building Curious Cardinals. I now run a full-time team of 12 people and a global community of over 500 college-age mentors working with thousands of students around the globe. And so um, that's a little bit about myself and kind of what brings me to where I am today. It's amazing. I love, I love your story and how organically this occurred. And I just, it just makes so much sense, right? Like, so let me let me share a little bit of context for the listener of how we came to connect with Curious Cardinals for our two kids. So um, so I have three kids, but two of them are school-aged. Um 12 and 9. And, you know, over this past summer, actually, you know, the kids weren't in school. Um, and so we just like finally got some breathing room from school a little bit, you know, with some of the challenges, which happen for everybody, right? Like um, every kid has something that they experience that can be a challenge when it comes to, you know, school and the traditional school setting. And we finally got some breathing room over the summer. And I was thinking to myself, I really want to support my kids in figuring out what they are actually passionate about and how what they're learning in school can be connected to that. Because that is for sure not something that I had when I was a kid. You know, I um, definitely – both my parents were were lawyers and I think it, it was kind of the expectation that I would become a lawyer um, or go to medical school, right? Like that was – and I think for them really with my – and I don't need to get into all the the nitty-gritty of, of that, but for their context was those kind of paths will bring you security and safety. And like that was something that in both of their background and their history was really important. And so that's what they brought, right? Like um, you either like work for the government or you um, – 
you know, find a job that, um, you know, they were public defenders. So like you find a job that has this track where you have a lot of security. And I think that what that kind of led to was when I was in school, it was about achieving the A really, right? Like learning how to get the A and like get the good grades and do well on, you know, the SATs and get into a school where I could find that safety and security. And just, oh, there just wasn't. And, you know, I think that like I was like, you know, good at arguing when I was a teenager. So they were like, oh, you'll make a great lawyer one day, you know? And I was like, well, so I'm really good at arguing. Like, I don't know. And like, I I think that there's, there's, there's more to me, right? And and I really, I really think that it would have actually been great for my mental health um, as a child and as a teenager and young adult if I had connected to what I was really passionate about and brought that to school and brought that to the things that I, you know, was learning and the activities and extracurricular things that I participated in, it just would have been so much more meaningful, right? Like the process. But I was just so focused on the like benchmark I was supposed to reach, right? And so really, I've done enough work for myself to recognize that um, a lot of that led to my perfectionism and people-pleasing and anxiety and like performance anxiety. And I wanted a different experience and journey for my kids. And so this past summer, I was like, okay, we finally got some like breathing room from school and like really taking time to be curious. <laughs> I love curious cardinals to be curious about for each of my kids what their interests are and you support that, right? And, yeah. you know, so with my oldest, we explored that a bit and different parts of her identity came to the forefront over the summer that we really wanted to like honor and hold space for. And, you know, and, and for my son as well, my nine-year-old. And, and then I recognize that when it comes to the systems around a child, the people that are going to be in their life and supporting them, that actually what I also wanted was someone else in our system that could support them with this, that was closer to school, right? That was closer to their age, that like was that shared some of these identities that we that I didn't share with them and interests, right? And, you know, like for my nine-year-old, he's got this math brain that is just like extraordinary. Like I'm still counting on my fingers and he's figured it out. And the way he explains it is different than the way that it's being taught in school. And his and, yeah. and his his teacher this year has have been really great in helping us recognize that. Cause it just it was blowing my mind, but it it just wasn't my my thing, you know, it's not how my brain works. Yeah. Um, and so I, I truly believe that there are – when it comes to the systems around a child, it's not just the family, right? It's not just parents. Oh. That can be these like really huge sources of support. And yeah. bringing in someone else was going to be really supportive to me knowing that like my kids were getting that support. It was just like a – oh, like, a, like it was a relief. And so oh. over, the, over the summer actually, we like reached out to some different people um, like uh, – different faculty through the school that have kids in the school. Like maybe they could come over and like toss the football with my son and talk to him about math and like his Rubik's Cube fascination, right? And, um, and you know, it just 
it was it was good, but it, like we, I was like, once school started, I was like, I think we need something a little bit more where it's a little bit more like tutoring, but still incorporates like how we connect this to the things that actually matter to him and are meaningful to him. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, um, my friend Vienna, mindful MFT, she's been on the podcast. She's an amazing therapist. She reached out to me, and it was so serendipitous, Audrey. She emailed me, and she was like. I met this. I met this girl, and she's doing this amazing work um, where they're incorporating. They're, they're, it's about tutoring, but it's like this. Like they connect your child with a tutor that's like you know aligned with their interests. And I was like, wait, hold on. This is exactly what I've been looking for. So it just really felt like yeah, this very organic connection to Aww. you and Curious Cardinals. Um, and then, yeah, both my kids got hooked up with tutors through your program, and it's been amazing. The whole process of all the thought that went into you meeting with me and figuring out who my kids were as human beings and like what I wanted them to get help with, but also what their interests were, and then making that pairing and that connection was so great. And Aww. yeah, so I, I would just – love to hear more from you about your philosophy of how to help kids find their passions so that they can make these meaningful connections to school and why they're going to school and and the work that they're doing. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I was so touched when we first met that it felt like Curious Cardinals resonated so personally with you. You saw how it could be valuable for your kids, but you also saw how this system is toxic in many ways and this can be an outlet for them to find themselves in a very authentic way and find yeah. a develop a relationship with purpose and passion and ambition and their own dreams and aspirations that could be really healthy and positive so thank you for sharing that all um there's there's many nodes to it i would say that we are at the intersection we have core four pillars i always refer to in here peer mentorship passion-based learning, project-based learning, and representation matters. And I mm -hmm. believe that I'll talk through each, but I believe that the combination of those, that's kind of the, lays the fertile ground for self-discovery and developing self-confidence. Um, so near-peer mentorship is learning from a college student who's not too much older in age than yourself, so they can mm -hmm. set out the path to where they got to and make it feel attainable. Our mentors mm -hmm. also grew up on social media, they also have their education halted by the pandemic. The relatability factor is everything. And I'll say that for me, I noticed that was one of the magic elements when I was first working with my first student. Um, she, I read to her, I showed her the piece that I wrote that was published in the Stanford Historical Journal, which is like this 30 page long research. It was very well written. And she was like, oh my God, how did you write this? And she was an eighth grader. And I looked at her and I said, Jane, you are so much further ahead of where I was when I was your age. Imagine where you're going to be when you're my age. And her jaw literally dropped. She was like, oh, my God. And I had this moment where I was like, I look up to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but her bath is so – is." 3x mine is so many years, is so much experience, is so many accolades, it almost feels unattainable. And I realized in that moment, my path actually felt attainable. Like I was able to remember what it was like to be in her shoes not too long ago and break down the years in between the distance between us. 
And so I realized, wow, there's something really powerful about this proximity of age. It's really empowering for kids and it's humanizing as well of these young people's successes in mine in that instance in our venture base now. The second pillar is passion-based learning where we live in a hyper interconnected world, but so often we teach in silos. And so we aim to take an interdisciplinary approach to learning at Curious Cardinals. And I think a lot of finding a passion is is feeling validated in the things that you get excited about. Um, we have so many stories of kids coming in being like, I don't have any interests. And their parents are like, anything to engage them. And then we ask them, what do you like to do in your free time when no one's telling you what to do? In this case, Matthew said video games. And his dad in the background rolled his eyes. And we said, Matthew, what if you could learn how to code a video game? And he was like, that'd be pretty cool. Matthew, this kid who like apparently had no interest, went on to spend one and a half years designing and coding a video game. More impressive than what peers of mine who were software engineers at Stanford could build. Like the most phenomenal game. And it all came from us validating his interest and showing his dad that there was actually something really productive and phenomenal he could do with it. So I think that's another really core pillar for us is the the validating kids and showing them you love fashion, you can do business of fashion, fashion and sustainability, you love sports, sports analytics, sports journalism, starting with those things they already Mm -hmm. get excited about and helping them realize where they can run with them. The third pillar is project-based learning. Um, not all of our engagements go in project deliverables outside of the academics, though, all do. And I think project-based learning is amazing because you can see the outcome of your learning and in a tangible way. But more than anything, it's also the ethos of project-based learning where I didn't take computer science in high school, not because I wasn't interested, but because I thought, Maybe I'd get a bad grade and it would tarnish my chances of getting into Stanford, which is such a terrible reason not to try something. But talk about passion discovery. Unfortunately, so often that fear of failure inhibits students from even trying. And so we aim to detach that fear and encourage exploration. And then the fourth pillar is you are what you can see. Representation matters. And I was one of the few girls in my honors math class. I lacked a lot of confidence in STEM. I probably prematurely deem myself a humanities gal. And so whether it's your gender, your race, a learning difference you have, an aspiration to be a college athlete, having immigrant parents, whatever it is that's most core to your identity, we want to match you to a mentor you can see yourself in. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I think back to that crazy lack of confidence in the math classroom, it wasn't about competence. It really came down to confidence everything else came more easily to me. So when I struggled with a math problem, I'd be like, these negative voices seep to my head. You're stupid. You can't do this. And I just kind of break down. And I just can't imagine how transformational it would have been if I had this female engineer mentor who could tell me like, Audrey, it's in your head. Like, it's not that you can't do this. You're psyching yourself out. You don't believe in yourself. You belong in that classroom. And then also could have bonded with me over my excitement for the Taylor Swift concert, Um, like, you know, really make it feel like she was crushing it that STEM classroom, but she was also super fun and relatable and I could see myself in her. And so that's the final element of, I think, passion discovery and that self-confidence too, is 
seeing yourself. Seeing is believing. You are what you can see. And so giving students an example, yes, in addition to near peer, but giving them someone that they can really see themselves in, it makes it fully concrete that like that can be me. And so that's a little bit of our approach, the combination of those many different things that I think is, again, really lays that fertile ground for a kid to to discover that passion. I love this, I love so, this much. so much. And I can really relate to it in our own experience with Curious Cardinals. You know, um, Andrew, who was my son's you know, mentor. Um, and he, he lived in San Diego, which was great. Um, cause he was able to come to the house, you know, the first day they met my son's interests are video games, <laughs> you know, and, um, and so they played some video games and then what he's kind of struggling with is spelling. And so Andrew was able to make this connection between how fun, how much fun Everson had with like, you know, being kind of competitive with these, like, you know, with digital games. And, um, a couple things happened, you know, they made it, they made a project where they, they wrote a story together that was based off of some of these characters in these games that he loves and they put it on PowerPoint. Right. Um, so Everson was also learning like PowerPoint skills and like how to create a presentation, but also through that, like through that, which was all fun and like novel to him was spelling. (laughs) And then, you know, him and Andrew connected over, um, is it Wordle? Like, like they, they were, yeah, yeah. 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 And so they were, they started playing Wordle together and like, you know, and so he's spelling, um, and, but also like playing this game and it was kind of like my son loves, and there's like, there's like math to it too, because it was like the percentage and like, you know, how, you know, (laughs) I don't know, it's, it's five, it's five, like five letters and like, I don't know, it was, they had fun with it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they went with it. Um, and there was conversations there about some of the things that he had struggled with when he was in school. And like now he's, you know, um, a med student and like how he got there and, you know, the different interests that like he engages in outside of the fact that he's a med student, you know, and that he could hold that too, those parts of himself together. Um, and, and yeah, like my daughter is, you know, struggling with math and they just yesterday they had a, she had a virtual call with her tutor who also shares some of her representative identities, which has been, I think, really important. And they're talking about Taylor Swift and they're talking about, you know, stranger things and, and how, you know, they're excited they are for these things. And also, also studying for her math test, right? And like making a connection to like, why this test, like why she'd even care about it, right? Like, and helping her kind of build that confidence in not just like getting, you know, getting a certain grade on this test, but how she could write an email to her teacher to ask for help because that was something that was really scary for her, you know, like, and she didn't, she didn't feel comfortable doing. And so the things that like matter, you know, like for, uh, for, for life, which is really what I think we want to be supporting our kids with. Right. So I guess here, maybe in the last couple of minutes, I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on like for parents, like how, how can parents begin to build this bridge for kids in their passions? What are some, what are some questions that parents can be asking their kids or some things that parents can start to get curious about to support them in supporting their kids and identifying their passions? Totally. I mean, the biggest thing I would say is, is being curious. Mm-hmm. I think it's really difficult to resist the urge to project your conceptions of who your kid is onto them 
or share like, oh, maybe you should do this or you should try this or instead of just kind of observing your child and seeing what do they most naturally gravitate towards? Like, Mm -hmm. what are they scrolling through on their feed? Instead of saying, get off your phone, what are you so interested on your phone? And I think just being curious and really seeing your child for who they are is one of the first things. Because once you see them, once you understand them, you can help nurture them and support them in the thing that they most authentically thrive in. So I would say that's a huge thing. Um, is like seeing them and being curious to see them. Um, A second thing I would say is exposure is everything. Um, One of my favorite traditions my mom started with me was when I was in high school. Um, I grew up in New York City and my mom's from Canada. She wanted me to know how lucky I was to grow up in a big city like New York City. And so she also loves art. So she said, we're going to start seeing a museum or something cultural every Sunday. It's going to be Culture Sunday. Mm -hmm. And ninth grade Audrey was like, ugh. Mom, I'm too busy. I don't want to do this. <laughs> by 10th grade, I was like, where are we going this weekend? And by senior year, all my friends would come along. We, it was the perfect Instagram opportunity. And they thought it was so cool that I was so knowledgeable about art. And this is a passion of mine. This is a knowledge set I have. It's not on my resume. But to getting that exposure yeah. and to kind of spark that little passion with my mom was really special and so I think never lose sight of the fact that you can expose your kid to so much whether it's through the museum you go to the podcast you listen to on the drive to school trip you decide to take the hike you decide to go on there's so many ways you can expose your kids to thing and create moments that are right for learning and self-discovery and so that's another thing that I would say and I think especially for parents it's really special to create those rituals with your child that um, can be kind of a whole discovery of a whole new world with them. Mm, I love this. And other things that come to mind um, is the books that you're reading with them and um, the music that you're listening to. And, you know, I think, yeah, I think we're so afraid of screens, but it's like I've learned so much about my kids through screens. Um, You know, now that I have um, an, an older child, right? Like, seeing the things that she's interested in on Pinterest, right? Like um, she was, she's really into the show Stranger Things and she's really into um, this like theory that these two characters are actually in love and right, like being curious about that with her um, and, uh, you know, looking up some fan fictions about these two characters. Cause I knew that like, she was going to probably search that up on her own, you know, and like, I'd rather be a part of that conversation, Aww. finding ones that felt like appropriate. Right. Yeah. Like also too, um, you and I have another episode on AI. And like, one of the things that I did when I introduced chat GPT to her was like, let's ask chat GPT to create, um, uh, an ending to Stranger Things where these two characters fall in love, right? And like, and just, it was just showing interest and like what that did and the connection capital that that created for us, I really think facilitated conversations that her and I have had since then where she's really been able to um, open up about different parts of her identity with us. Mm-hmm. And um, and then and then when I do come to her with like harder conversations about certain boundaries or right like things that are happening there's this connection capital there where like the first you know she wants a hug and like then we just hug through it you know and it's I think that that at the end of the day um at the end of my life when I look back on it is it gonna am I gonna want to see that she 
achieve this certain grade or this certain career path? Like, or am I going to want to see a relationship with her where we felt connected and there was trust and she Mm -hmm. was happy and mentally well and like felt safe? That's what I want, you know? So um, thank you so much for sharing um, the pillars. And I, I think that in some ways in which we can translate that in our own homes with our kids And I'll be sure to include links where folks can learn more about you and Curious Cardinals in the show notes. Thank you for the conversation and for being such a thoughtful mama and sparking your child's curiosities and passions in the most thoughtful way. Thank you for saying that. And um, for those who are listening, if you are interested in hearing more about AI, artificial intelligence, and the impact this is going to have on our kids and how we can acknowledge and face that this is a reality for these kids growing up, um, be sure to click over to my other episode with Audrey all about AI. Thank you, Audrey. So excited. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you did, you might want to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when future episodes air. And go and explore some of those past episodes. Maybe there's a topic in there that you've really been wanting to learn more about. You can learn more about my private practice as well as my parenting courses and workshops at the link in the show notes. You held space for yourself today. You carved out the time and you tuned into this episode. I hope you take a moment to honor how meaningful that is. Yes, to me for sure, but also for you. Thank you for tuning in and I'll catch you next time.